The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. Guess what? You're listening to Grinding Gears with Pete and Aaron. Right here on Radio South 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Capity. Also on iTunes, Spotify, or you can just stream us on accessmedia.nz. And check out our Facebook page. Just search Grinding Gears. This week we've got record bloody fuel prices, uh, some Honda electricity, and more. So stick around.
It's Pete. And Aaron. Right here, right now on Grinding Gears, Radio Society 96.4 and Coast Access Coast Access FM and Carpety. <laughs> First up though, our New Zealand fuel prices have hit a record high, according to Gatsby data. So, officially, it has never been more expensive to fill up your tank in New Zealand. Yeah, the team behind fuel price tracking at Gatsby noted this week that the national average price for 91 octane petrol uh, is currently sits well above the $2.40 mark, and some going well above $2.50 in Invercargill. Well, yeah. <coughs> BP. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this is uh, up there on the record highs previously seen in the second half of 2018. Yep, many service stations around the country are now charging more than 250 per litre of fuel, adding pressure on Kiwis already facing rising costs elsewhere and everywhere. AA Motoring Affairs General Manager Mike Noon told RNZ that small businesses, tourism and hospitality workers are also being affected by the price rises. Yeah, he reckons it seems to come out of OPEC. Uh, there hasn't been the supply that was expected to come out of OPEC. And, of course, these countries around the world and the economic rebound coming out of COVID has really been strong. Uh, so there's really high demand, uh, not only just on petrol. Yeah, OPEC are probably rigging it, but anyway, all prices yeah. have been rising sharply in recent weeks amid growing demand around the world. WTI crude oil continued its upwards momentum, trading higher by 0.2%. To $80.60 per barrel, close to a three-year high. At least they're getting richer. Yeah, yeah. The Financial Times reported that the U.S. oil benchmark hit a seven-year high. It seems as soon as the Americans get nervous or insecure, this seems to happen. Thought we'd hazard to guess it just gives them an excuse to be greedy. Mm. West Texas Intermediate, the U.S. crude benchmark hit a high of uh, more than 82 bucks a barrel the other day. It's highest level since 2014. Before pulling back to $80.46, so up 1.4% for the day. For the day. Times reported that oil prices had climbed more than 16% since the start of September. Where does it bloody end? Uh, this has largely been attributed to the global economic rebound, driven by a return to work for many citizens around the world. Adding further pressure to oil prices is the shortage of natural gas. Uh, which has increased demand for alternative sources of energy. Yeah, apparently it's a bit buggered there with their gas supply. Hydrogen. <laughs> Hydrogen. And all these factors combined have uh, placed upwards pressure on New Zealand's fuel prices, which never exactly cheap to begin with. 
Noon also told RNZ that the current value of the New Zealand dollar wasn't helping fuel prices. He mentioned we buy crude oil and refined product in United States dollars. One United States dollar costs us a dollar forty at the moment. So uh, checking the old exchange rate. Yeah, he added that our dollar against the US dollar, well, it's been volatile and it's nowhere near what it used to be a few years ago. Not only is the raw material increasing in price, but the money we are using to buy it has little bit less value. Rising fuel prices will also heat pressure on businesses already facing a cash flow strain. Fuel prices have a direct impact on the cost of transporting goods, and this could lead to prices rising everywhere as usual. The old customer price index released in July this year showed an inflation rise of 3.3%, the biggest increase in nearly a frickin' decade. Way to make our hard-earned dollars worth less, you buggers. Yeah, these uh, price uh, those price rises were driven by higher prices for new housing and petrol. With petrol prices now continuing to rise, the squeeze on Kiwi wallets looks set to become even tighter. Uh, record fuel prices in New Zealand come amid a warning from the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, uh, that central banks need to be very, very vigilant in dealing with inflationary risks. Zealand's Reserve Bank has already taken its first steps against the risk of inflation, increasing the OCR for the first time in seven years. Economists are predicting a string of OCR increases to follow the next 12 months. So, in other words, us regular Joes are still getting screwed. And increasingly so. But I suppose that brings us back to another EV story. This time from Honda. Yeah. Uh, And according to Autocar, they've dropped a bomb for the electric vehicle industry announcing five new models straight off the bat. Mm. Now, Honda has copped some flack from uh, some corners in the industry for not getting behind electric vehicles as quickly as other big brands. To date, the only electric vehicles it has produced are the little e-hatchback and the Clarity, which is actually a hydrogen vehicle option, which sadly has now been phased out of production. But last week, the Japanese brand has unveiled five new electric vehicles, three concept models and two that are set to go into production, although perhaps naturally there's a few conditions to consider. Well, all five models come under the, uh, Honda's new electric sub-brand E colon N, capital N, we're already somewhat familiar with his similar namings on the Jazz Hybrid E colon HEV and the Honda E colon prototype shown off earlier this year. Yeah, the triple threat of concepts from the reveal are the ESUV concept, the EGT concept, and the E-Coupe concept. Each gets striking, minimalist, and no doubt diverse styling that carries over from the car to the car. Uh... As their names would suggest, uh, each also gets a different silhouette. Yeah, true, a little bit like a halfway house between a Tesla Cybertruck and the aforementioned Clarity, which itself wasn't exactly a wallflower. While they might look a little bit a uh, flight of fancy concepts, Honda claims all three will actually go into production in the next five years. Yeah, the most interesting element of the E. Colwyn Capital N group is what sits underneath the angular bodywork. Uh, each model is set to be built on General Motors' pure electric ultimum architecture, making them the first cars to emerge out of the new EV partnership between the pair. Although the other two electric vehicles aren't shown off as interesting as the Ultium-based uh, concepts, they're arguably more relevant and more important in the short term. 
They are the ENS1 and the ENP1. And I'll put a pickup on the Facebook page, so just like grinding gears. Yeah, yeah. Both models are based on the all-new HRV uh, that Honda debuted last year, while also representing a mild evolution of the aforementioned E-Prototype. These two are set to hit the Chinese market first in 2022, with the help of local firms Dongfeng and GAC. And the pair will get new look front and rear fascias, a fully electric powertrain, uh, with its details yet to be confirmed. Yeah, well, it's yet to be confirmed. These are likely to be the first electric Hondas that markets like New Zealand get to see in the flesh, that in a in a factory you know capacity that is. The caveat for all this is that the collective announcement uh, is a China-centric one. None of these models have been confirmed yet for other markets, and neither neither has the E colon N label. Yeah, uh, but judging by the use of the E H E V in New Zealand, we expect different naming conventions for different markets to be the norm. At the announcement, Honda confirmed that it plans to introduce 10 electric vehicles to the Chinese market in the next five years, including all of the vehicles from the announcement. Time will tell whether, as usual, these models will be offered to other markets. So, while we wait, here's some music. Oh, <laughs> 
here back once more with Pete and Aaron right here on Grinding Gears transmitterizing from Radio South and 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Capity and we've got the first look at the 2021 Nissan GTR T-Spec is it the greatest hits edition uh, well yep it's last the R35s sadly and it pays homage to JDM Skyline icons yeah just a few months ago we told you about the Nismo special edition Nissan GTR, and most assumed that it would be the last of the current iteration of the long-running performance flagship. Um, but wait, we were wrong. Uh, yet another limited edition R35 GTR was just announced, and the designers pulled out all the stops uh, to not only maintain the car's stellar track performance, but also pay homage to well-known car heroes. Mmm, sad but true. The R35 was at a heck of a run, and it's still awesome. It's actually launched back in 2007 now at the Tokyo Motor Show, and it's still considered better than most, including the new BMW Supra. So if this is the swan song, eh... And we better broadcast the stats. Yeah, dubbed the Nissan GTR T-Spec, this latest limited production model is armed with the wider front fenders, courtesy of the track edition that you might remember from years ago, uh, a carbon fibre rear spoiler, blacked out hood ducts, and of course T-spec badging to show off all those general release uh, GTR owners might spot you on the road. It'll be envious, even though I've had any kind of R35 GTR, I'd be freaking stoked. Oh, yeah. One of those widened fenders, you'll find a gold-coloured forged aluminium wheels produced by the Japanese wheel giant Rays. Behind those lightweight beasties are uh, fade-resistant carbon ceramic brake rotors, which keep their cool thanks to included air ducts, actually also borrowed from the GTR Nismo. Yeah. Perhaps the most striking part of this model is the choice of colours being offered, Nissan aficionados are all too familiar with the coveted Millennium Jade originally used on the R34 GTR V Spec 2 NUR what's that mean? Nürburgring Nürburgring yeah which just um, just so happens to be one of the rarest GTR lineup. just over 700 models were ever produced of that bunch and only 156 were in that colour and the second paint option for the T-Spec is Midnight Purple, which Nissan says uh, is a play on the colour-shifting Midnight Purple 3, found on the GT, uh, R34 V-Spec, of which only 132 versions were ever created. That was followed up in 2014 with a special edition Midnight Opal R35 GTR, limited to only 100 units, only half of which went to the US. Though both colours have been bored countless times across the, enthusiastic, the enthusiast spectrum, arguably as conic as the cars themselves yeah yeah uh, should you be lucky enough to nab one of these collectibles you'll be surrounded by more green interior a quilted false suede headliner premium simile semi aniline leather appointed seating complete with pearl suede accents and of course some uh, t-spec badging mm, well this new t-spec won't bring the same thunder that the actual more powerful nismo edition does the hand assembled twin turbo vr38 dtt is death snow sludge still pumping out 565 horsepower and 467 pound feet of torque and through the six-speed dual clutch trans plus in a sense a tessa ets all-wheel drive there'll still be bloody tons of fun yeah and hey you can always turn it up a bit 
there's places uh, in New Zealand that offer this service. Uh, so filling the space just above the GTR Premium grade and running alongside the Nismo Edition, this new offering will set you back around about 138 grand or 138 grand 500. Uh, the, while the Nismo model and its hotter engine and associated goodies are going to sting you a bit more, and that one will cost you $215,000. Mm, a lot of bucks there, but this T-Spec and its siblings might just be the last of the R35's highly touted 14-year stretch. Uh, but having become a bit long in the tooth, the GTR has inspired fans to begin vying for a new model. Actually, a few years ago there's been uh, you know rumours and concepts and teasers. So hopefully they won't keep us waiting much longer. But Tesla time now, and what have we got this weekend? Yeah, well, Tesla is designing a chips to train its self-driving tech. Uh, developing AI is a costly, time-consuming, and custom silicon can give companies the edge. Tesla make cars, but now it's also the latest company to seek an edge in artificial intelligence by making its own silicon chips. Yeah, at a promotional event last month, Tesla revealed details of a custom AI chip called D1 for training the machine learning algorithm behind its autopilot self-driving system. The event focused on Tesla's AI work and featured a dancing human robot posing on a dancing human posing as a humanoid robot. You know that one, right? That the company itself actually intends to build. Yeah. I don't know if they want to build a human or the humanoid robot, but you'd well, hope it's a robot. Yeah, well, it'd be fun. Uh, Tesla is the latest non-traditional chip maker to design its own silicon. Uh, as AI becomes more important and costly to deploy, other companies are heavily invested in the technology, including Google, Amazon, and Microsoft. And uh, are all um, also designing their own chips. At the event, CEO Elon said squeezing more performance out of the computer system used to train the company's neural network will be key to progressing in autonomous driving. He reckons if it takes a couple of days for a model to train versus a couple of hours, it's a big deal. Yeah, Tesla already designed chips that interpret sensor input in its cars. After switching from using uh, NVIDIA... NVIDIA. NVIDIA, yeah, that's a new one for me. Uh, yeah, after switching from using NVIDIA hardware in 2019, uh, but creating a powerful, complex kind of chip needed to train AI algorithms is a lot more expensive and challenging. I wonder if that will make the next lot of Tesla cars more expensive. But actually a pretty cool idea, as long as they don't start uh, designing frickin' Terminators. That's us for this week, though, but we'll be back. So don't be a dick and make it click. Go kill 
Proceeding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand on Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz.